It was definitely a squish having sneers and snores on Sarah and David's boat. But it was winter, and having those two big extra bodies helped the boat stay warm. In the morning, Sneers stood up, and he forgot how small the boat was. First of all, he donked his horns on the ceiling. Ow! Oh! All my horns! All my horns! And then, as he stretched his arms out to the side to continue his stretch, he bonked one arm on either side of the boat. Ow! Me knuckles! Ow! Me knuckles! He said. Come on, said David. If you want to do that sort of thing, you've got to do it outside. You're too big. So... Sneers and Snoz and David went out onto the towpath and Sneers did a lot of stretching, funny-looking stretching, for he'd been curled up quite uncomfortable in the night. Do you want to see my dragon? said David. Do I have to? said Sneers. I really don't like dragons. Mine's a special kind of dragon, said David. Mine's an invisible dragon. When Sneers thought about this, he wasn't sure if that was far more terrifying or less scary, really. The idea that you didn't have to look at it and its big scary teeth and its big scary eyes and its fire-breathing nostrils seemed better. But the idea that a big thing that big and that scary with big teeth and big eyes and big flaming nostrils, the idea of that being invisible, well, that seemed more dangerous. I really don't know, said Sniz. I mean, at least I won't have to look at the big scary thing, but... Also, then it means that it can just creep up on me and I really don't like things that creep up on me, he said. I've tamed it, said David. Honest. It won't eat you. I'll tell it not to. Oh, what about me, said Snoz. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell it not to eat you too. Remember, he said, I only feed people I don't like to it and I do like you too. Sniz and Snoz were almost sure that David was joking, but they weren't fully sure and so they were still a bit uncomfortable with his jokes. They stomped with him through the field with the horses in. I still can't get over that your unicorns here don't have horns, said Sniz. It's just so strange. They look like they're missing something. When they got to the other side of the horses' field, they went into another field. This field had a big hill in it. And at the top of the hill, there was a little cave. Right, said David. We're going to have to hike all the way to the top of the hill, to that cave. That's where my invisible dragon lives. Um. Okay, said Sniz, and remind me, why exactly are we doing this again? Because I want you to meet my dragon, said David, and I'm sure it wants to meet you. They climbed all the way up to the top of the hill, and there was a little cave there. Here, dragon, 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 said David. Come on, here, dragon, 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 I've got some people to meet you. There was nothing, not a sound, but David peered in. Oh, come on, don't be shy, he said. I know, they're big and scary too, but... You know, if you weren't invisible, they'd see how big and scary you were. So come on. He then tracked with his eyes as though this invisible thing had come out of the cave. Right, this is dragon. This is sneers and snoz. This is snoz. This is dragon. Nice to meet you, said sneers. Yeah, hi, said snoz. The dragon said nothing. Sorry, said David. I forgot to mention. It's invisible and I'm the only one who can talk to it. I'll just let you know what it says. Dragon says welcome and that it won't eat you. You don't actually look very tasty at all because you're covered in hair. Well, I'm very glad, said Sniz. I don't fancy being a dragon's dinner. So, dragon, said David, how was your night's sleep? Has everything been fine here? He says, said David, that he had a good night's sleep. There was plenty of room and it wasn't too cold. Oh, a lucky dragon, said Sniz, because I was all squished up tight. 
I had Snozzy's toenails in my face at one point. It was horrible. If you like, said David, you could sleep in the cave with the dragon tonight. More space. No, 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 I'm not actually complaining, said Sniz. It was very nice and warm in there. I was just saying that, you know, I could have done with a few more stretches this morning. Well, said David, I'm just going to feed my dragon some grass, because when I can't find it people to feed, I do give it grass. And then we'll have to go back down for breakfast. Sneers and Snoz and David grabbed handfuls and handfuls of grass, and they put it at the entrance to the cave. Well, I'll see you again tomorrow, said David, and he waved towards the cave. And David and Sneers and Snoz walked down the hill, back through the horse field, and back to the boat. Well, Sneers and Snoz were overjoyed when they saw breakfast. It was a thick, creamy, sweet porridge with dark brown sugar on the top and drizzled with milk to cool it down. This, said Sneers as he lapped it up, is just divine. You, misboat mummy of Sarah and David, he said, is the bestest ever porridge maker. This is insane. I've never tasted something so nice. Well, I'm glad you like it, she said. The children like it too, especially on these cold mornings like this. Yes, said Sniz, about these cold mornings. I'm not used to them. Where I come from, it's not really very cold, not in this kind of way. And I'm a bit worried that I'm turning into a dragon. They all chuckled. Why, she said. What worries you? Well, I noticed that when I went up to see the dragon, and and then when I came back down again, well, when I puff out like this... Doesn't really do it in here, he said. But when I'm out there, it makes like smoke come out of my mouth. And although it'd be quite useful to have flames come out of my mouth, I'm not really sure I'm ready to become a dragon, he said. And besides, there's these nasty little things in the air and they they sting you and I can't see them. And they're invisible, like David's dragon. And they, they sting your nose and they sting your toes and they sting your fingertips. The other day when we slept under a tree, they stung so bad and I just wanted to catch them or swoosh them away, and I couldn't find them. Sarah and David and their mama laughed a lot. Oh, that! No, that's frost, they said. Frost is just cold air, and, and it feels like something stinging you or nipping at you, but it's not. It's just the cold air. Here, said their mama, why don't you put these on? As gloves. What are these? said Sniz. What they actually were were oven gloves, for Sniz's hands were far too big to fit in any regular gloves. They're a bit tight and cosy, but, oh, I think that will do the job, he said. As for your toes, she said, and she looked at them. Hmm, I definitely don't have any shoes that are going to fit your feet in. Let me have a look, she said, and she went and looked through some of her cupboards at the back. Well, it's not exactly elegant, she said, but what I can come up with is this. You could wrap these towels around your feet and then put your feet in these carrier bags and then we can tie a piece of rope around each one Make sort of makeshift slippers for you. Well, I'll try anything, said Sniz. Thank you so much. They made these funny little waterproof booties out of towels and carrier bags. Oh, how funny Sniz and Snoz looked when they had them on their feet. But when they went out into the cool air, their feet and their hands were warm. Just one thing, said Sniz. What do you do about your noses? Well, said Sarah and David's mum, we don't really tend to do anything about our noses. Just every now and then, rub them to keep them warm, she said. OK, said Sniz. I suppose I could lick my nose. And he licked his nose.
Yeah, she said, that'll work for a short while, but actually, now you've made your nose wet, it'll get colder. Oh, you're right, he said, now my nose is very cold. Can you imagine what people thought going to walk their dogs that day? As they walked past Sarah and David's boat, they saw two big monsters. On their hands were oven gloves and on their feet were carrier bags stuffed with towels and tied to their feet with rope. Many people turned away as soon as they saw Sniz and Stars, but the few that were brave enough to pass on by could not believe their eyes. Oren and Arthur were desperate. They had put their posters up everywhere. We're never going to find them, said Oren. They're totally lost. Maybe, said Arthur, but, but, but maybe they've gone back to Araland. Maybe they found their way back. Maybe we're just out here looking for them for no reason. So they decided to go back to the woods, back to the Hollybush, and they opened the book up and they went back to the Redlands. They looked around the Vulcan village and they didn't dare ask Sniss and Snoz's mum and dad, but they didn't want to worry them that Sniss and Snoz were still lost. They soon saw that Sniss and Snoz were not there. So they went to the Greenlands and they spoke to Kester. I haven't seen them round here, said Kester. You'll have to keep looking for them. They're probably trying to find you, you know. I feel so awful, said Oren. We should have come with them in the first place. Look, said Kester, if I know something about Sniz and Snoz, is no matter what kind of pickle they're in, they'll be all right. They're good, good creatures and people, no matter how scared of them. We'll see that. I really feel confident of that, said Kester. I hope you're right, said Arthur. Come on, he said to Oren, and they went back into the woods. Where haven't we looked, said Arthur. Well, we haven't been very far along the canal path, said Oren. Maybe we should get our bikes and cycle our way along there. Put up some more posters as we go. So that's what they did. They filled their backpacks with posters and they cycled along the canal path. Whenever they came to a post, they would staple a poster onto it. And so they went all the way along the canal path until they got to the very, very end. By the time they got to the end, it was dark and they had to hurry it's because of this that they didn't notice Sneers and Snores in Sarah and David's boat. Without knowing it, they had cycled right past them and back again. Sneers and Snores were inside being dressed up by Sarah and David. They had a crown on their head and they had silk wings tied to their arms. They had countless amounts of imaginary food and drink thrust under their noses in little cups and saucers. At first, Sneers didn't realise that the food was pretend-eating food, and he chewed on a mouthful of conkers. Not being impolite, he said, but this food's really chewy. You're not supposed to eat it, really, said Sarah. It's pretend food. Pretend chocolates, she said. Oh, said Sneers, but you gave it to me on a plate and said, here you are, here's some lovely chocolate. How am I supposed to know? They all fell about laughing. Now I'm going to give you some imaginary tea, she said. Look, sip it, but don't expect there to be something in the cup. Sniz had not played this kind of game before, and once he got the hang of it, he very much enjoyed it. Well, he said, if it's imaginary food and drink, I would like to have a really big fancy cake. Do you know something, he said. I know what cake is. Of course, Sarah and David weren't amazed by the idea of someone knowing what cake was. They knew what it was too. But to Sneers, it was an unusual exotic food. Once, he said, my friend Zoran and Arthur made me a cake for my birthday. It was so special. It was the nicest food I ever had. So, for my imaginary food, I would like some cake. One piece of cake coming straight up, said Sarah. And she went off to her imaginary kitchen and started to cook. 
Um, because it's imaginary, said Sneers, I would like 25 pieces. Sarah laughed. 25 pieces of cake coming right up, she said. I just need to bake it. With great concentration, she imaginary cracked the eggs. She imaginary added all of the sugar, the flour, the butter. She creamed together the butter and the sugar, and she whisked those eggs well. And then she put it into the imaginary oven, and she waited for an imaginary 20 minutes. And when it came out, she had in her hands the most delicious imaginary cake. Look, she said. David, Sniz, and Snoz could imagine it so well, it was as though they could smell it. And look, she said, I put jam in the middle, and they could all, almost, taste it. And look, she said, I've put a dusting of icing on the top. They started to salivate, it sounded so good. Right, she said, I'll cut it up. Hmm. But Sneers, she said, if you have 20 pieces, there'll be none left for anyone else. Okay, he said, fine. I will have three pieces. That sounds more like it, she said. And then you won't get an imaginary tummy ache, she said. But you know what happened? He ate three pieces. And at the end, when everyone had had their imaginary cake, there was one piece left. And Sneers asked very politely if he could have it. Yes, you can, said Sarah, but you might get that imaginary tummy ache. He ate it all the same. And you know what? He did get that imaginary tummy ache. And he had to lie down on the floor. They had to give him imaginary medicine. They had to check his imaginary temperature with their imaginary thermometer. They even had to bandage his hand. Well, said Sniz, it's my own fault. I ate that last piece of cake. You did warn me, Sarah. Do you know what? said Sarah. I know just the perfect remedy. We've tried all the medicines on the spoon. We've tried the injections. We've tried the bandages. And we've even tried a plaster. Yes, and Sniz, I like plasters. They're very special. And he looked down at his plaster on his knee. So there's just one thing for it, she said. And that's a kiss. And she kissed him on the nose. <laughs> he said, do you know what? I do feel better after all. And he went a little bit rosy in the cheeks. Supper time, they heard David and Sarah's mum say. Oh dear, said Sniz. Supper time already, but I'm a bit imaginary full. The children laughed. And they all went up to the table. 